0: This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. We'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Kim Hedrick and Sarah Farmer. They are the counselors for our lower school and upper school, respectively. And we just want to start by saying welcome, Kim, to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be here today with you. And
0: Sarah? Sarah? Thank you.
1: Yes, I'm grateful to be here.
0: Excited. And so we are going to kind of dive right in. We, we've talked a lot on the podcast about uh, different things from recently absence of threat, which uh, is part of the highly effective teaching model that we use here at Clayton Bradley Academy, but also looking at how that ties into this idea of building relationships, which if you go back uh, podcasts, we talk about relationships all the time because we know that relationships are the key that unlocks the learning that that can take place in the classroom. And so being counselors, I'm sure that you guys interact a lot with that. But before we get too far into this, I want to give you a chance to kind of say how you got to Clayton Bradley, uh, as much information as you'd like to give the listeners out there. So kind of how did you get here? Sure, sure.
1: So I'll start with that. Um, I have experience as a school counselor at um, the elementary, middle, and high school level Um, This is actually my seventh year here at Clayton Bradley Academy. My two older children uh, attended Fort Craig. And so I learned about HET and life skills and lifelong guidelines there along with them. And so I'm fully committed uh, to the importance of life skills and lifelong guidelines and understanding the value in teaching them to children and the importance that has for them uh, throughout their life. So
0: and Sarah I know you're kind of newer to the team and so uh, for those that are listening they might not have even gotten to meet you yet so kind of introduce yourself a little bit here to to the people that might be listening
2: yeah no I'm really excited to be here I love uh, this opportunity to be a part of Clayton Bradley Academy it literally is a dream job for me I also have elementary middle and high school counseling experience Um, being a part of the upper school team here as really given me the opportunity as I'm learning as a new counselor here, the life skills, lifelong guidelines, it just fits well with my um, school counseling beliefs and my philosophy in and, and education and counseling and working with kids. I have about 15 years of school counseling experience um, all throughout the country. I've also worked at the college level athletically and academically as, a, as an educator. Um, I've got a mental health background and a life coaching certification in resilience. And um, just really excited to be a part of this team and hoping that with my education and my beliefs, uh, continue to partner with Clayton Bradley and the students to help them be the best that they can be.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, whenever you start thinking about what you guys do as counselors, there's a lot of hats that you wear here for the school. Everything from how do we get kids into college at the upper school level to how do we get kids just being comfortable at coming to school? I know at the lower school level, and, and especially the preschool and kindergarten, this could be their first time of, of coming into this kind of environment. You know, they, they may have been at home with mom for the first four years or five years of their life, and now all of a sudden they're having to come to a new place. They have to leave mom somewhere on the sidewalk uh, for us and, and uh, you know, learn how to interact in, in a classroom setting with other kids, other peers, and there's a lot that goes into that and um, you guys help with our kids in in all of those respects from dealing with peer issues to maybe dealing with a a teacher issue maybe that the kid's having or just trying to get through a struggle and and all of that and we know that that all starts with relationships so um, why don't you start kim what are some of the things when you're doing this uh, when we say lower school counselor that's preschool through fifth grade but i know that you also will migrate up into upper school if you need to and Sarah when we say upper school we know that that's sixth through twelfth grade but you also will migrate down um, at times especially those transition that fifth and sixth grade year that's so critical to our kids so when you're thinking about the relationship component of of counseling and and what you're trying to do with kids and why that's so important what what all comes to your mind as far as part of what you do here at CBA
1: right Um, as I think about my overarching goal as the school lower school counselor i i provide social and emotional and academic support for all the students and my goal is to help every student thrive not just thrive but to flourish here and some like you mentioned that looks different right at each at each level i can do check i do a lot of check-ins with individual students maybe they've had a rough morning Uh, maybe they were working on a project and things just didn't go well getting everything to the car getting to the (laughs) cottage so i'm able to do just a quick check-in and we might read a book together that um, maybe addresses a an issue or um, has a relatable character we might play a game uh, which is all about that relationship building that we know is so important. Um, it teaches problem-solving skills. I also do small groups based on whatever the needs are. I know at the beginning of each school year, I get to meet with all the new students, and that's a great way for them to, to connect. Wow, okay, these are the other new students. We do I do it at each grade level. And then if they have questions, we can talk about that. Just anything to ease their apprehensions or then i also have an opportunity to meet with the whole class and i could do that like at a grade level or maybe the the boys in that grade level the girls in that grade level and that's again based on need if it's friendship or maybe conflict resolution i just did a problem solving lesson and it, it, it was a lot of fun it was with second grade and the teacher asked me to come in and do that and we we uh, it was very hands-on the students were paired and they were to, they created a Lego creation, and their partner had to create the exact same Lego creation, but they couldn't see it. It was just <laughs> by describing it. And so it was a, a a fun activity to think about problem-solving steps and to, to work through that. So those are some opportunities that I have with the lower school to um, address address needs. Yeah,
0: and you know one of the things that we talk about with dealing with kids especially in the lower school level but this also hits the upper school of coming out of the the things that are going on right now in in their life outside of school and how that comes in that social emotional learning component becomes so critical to what we do in it and here at the school we use lifelong guidelines life skills you've talked about those already but that piece of, of trying to help kids wade through this social emotional environment that um, depending on what their home life is, maybe supercharged social emotional environment and then coming to school and trying to figure out how to interact with people that maybe have a different background when it comes to that. Or you know maybe their house, everybody yells at everybody and, and they come in to uh, interact with somebody that doesn't yell uh, and is offended if somebody's yelling at them. And, and so I'm sure that you are, inter- are always kind of interacting with those kind of situations, especially on that social emotional learning component. Um, Sarah what about at the upper school level what does that look like as far as your job so when somebody thinks about an upper school counselor for 6th through 12th grade um, it's a little different than than the way it looks for elementary but then some of it is very similar as well so how would you kind of put some of those uh, I guess parameters around what do you say you do as a guidance counselor for the upper school
2: yeah as a school counselor for the upper school like you said, it is a little bit different um, bottom line is building relationships. I think letting these students know that you're human also, being vulnerable, being able to laugh at yourself and laugh with them, trying to find that common ground so that they feel welcome to come here. And especially being a new face on campus, in the beginning, it was very important for me to be out front every day, every morning when the kids came in so that they could connect a name with a face and know, who is this new person? It's my counselor. Okay building that connection so that when they have a challenge or an obstacle that they're trying to get through, get over, they have a comfortable place to to go, to come and to talk to me. So we don't necessarily play as many games as I would like, (laughs) (laughs) but we do, I do a lot of individual. Some of these students are challenged, like you said, with their home lives, you know, and bring a lot of that social emotional stuff to school and just trying to keep them separate, but also create some goals to help them get through it so that when they're at school, they're focusing on school and trying to put certain things compartmentalized and put a pin on it until they can actually address it and come back around so they can focus on the academics and building the relationships with the teachers and their peers. Um, I do a lot of individual check-ins as well, Mm -hmm. especially if I I know a kid's got something going on at home, sometimes I'll chase them down to see how things are going. A lot of times, they come to me. Um, I do go into the classrooms. And I have done a couple classroom introductions and um, lessons, things like that, to discuss certain Mm -hmm. topics to um, support the students with age-appropriate obstacles that they're all going through. Also, um, a few groups. I have a couple kids that I'm seeing at once going through similar things. Um, Yeah, I mean, really just trying to meet the kids where they're at and allowing them to, to come in a comfortable space.
0: Absolutely and you know we talk about that with this idea of kids feeling safe at school. We know that's a huge concern that you know anytime we do a survey of parents the almost the number one is always does my kid feel safe Um, and so we have to do a lot of things on campus to make sure that our kids feel safe but we want kids to enjoy being here as well and and Part of the way they enjoy being here is, like you said, they know each other. They know that there's people here that want to help them. There's people here that want to see them succeed and and progress through their schooling here. We've talked about on the podcast with relationships at the lower school level that that relationship between student and teacher is very important. Does my teacher like me? And that's another thing that comes up all the time with with parents of does Does my child's teacher like them? Um, and then when they hit middle school, you were talking about some of those challenges because all of a sudden, about fifth grade, sixth grade, that that changes from does my teacher like me becoming important to do the people around me like me. And so that peer relationship all of a sudden takes precedent. And I'm sure then in middle school specifically, but also in high school, a lot of probably what you're doing is is helping kids learn how to interact with each other so that they feel connected and, and belonging and um, that they figure out how to develop friendships and 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 caring and compassion and, and those sort of things. Um, so as you guys interact them with kids and you're trying to help them feel safe or you're trying to help them reduce fear in their life, maybe that's from an external source uh, that you're trying to help a kid through or maybe that's just something internal that they've made up in their head. What are some things at the lower school, uh, Kim, that you do that, that helps kids get into that safe place of learning so that they really can thrive here educationally while dealing with maybe some of these other issues that are going on?
1: I think one of the most important things is recognizing those big, I call them big feelings. And you know, even as adults, sometimes we have big powerful feelings, but we might not name them or label them. And so, I think it's very important at a, at an early age, and we do that in preschool, um, all the way all the way up, learning to to recognize those big feelings. What is what are they? Just like our life skills and lifelong gui- lifelong guidelines, what do they sound like? What do they feel like? And physically, what is what does that look like? And then once those big feelings have been named and and recognized, then. We help them with coping strategies. You know, if this if this is something I need to work through. And, you know, I always share with, with students, we're, we're all works in progress. And what we try today may not work tomorrow. So we, we have a, mm. a toolbox and maybe some breathing strategies work today. Maybe tomorrow I'm going to do a, a grounding activity where I'm looking for all the blue things in the room. So there's lots of strategies that that we try to equip the students with. Uh, To cope with those big feelings and again those are those are lifelong lessons that are so important
0: you know i was reading a book uh, that deals with it's actually written for adults and it's it's how the brain works at work so to speak and and that's actually one of the things in there that it talks about of recognizing those feelings that you're having and naming them and then the power that comes when you can name that feeling to say okay if this is really what's going on now i can deal with it but how many times have we been in those situations where it's like, I know something's wrong. And even as an adult, I don't know how to put a name right. to this feeling. And so how am I supposed to deal with it if all I know is I'm upset? Well, upset might be the feeling, but that's probably, that's more of a symptom of, of some kind of feeling that's happening right now. Exactly. And so recognizing that emotion, recognizing that uh, starting even at the preschool level, I love that. And, and naming it, that also builds vocabulary, but helps them then be able to process that as you were listening to that Sarah I know you deal with probably some of those same issues they just look different because they're in bigger bodies but the tantrum in preschool that is a kid laying on the ground and maybe screaming or crying or or not wanting to interact Mm -hmm. at the middle school level might be a tantrum on the ground (laughs) hopefully it's not um, uh, or at the high school level but it it a lot of times then becomes way more emotionally driven emotionally charged because they have more vocabulary but then there's more emotion there going on anyways because of where their brain's at so what are some of those things that you're doing to kind of help kids process through that moment so that they can return to the classroom hopefully for learning which is what they're here for although we know that our goal is never just to educate them on standards here and then master standards because we want them to be successful in life and being successful in life is all these other things as well so when you're thinking of that, that term that we use all the time of absence of threat and helping kids kind of when they feel threatened process that and get back down into a level that their brain can still learn in the classroom, what are some of those things that you would do?
2: Yeah, no, you make some great points. And behind every feeling, every emotion, there's a thought. And so when I am talking to these kids, I'm really trying to get to know what they're thinking because if I can help them with their thought, and help them realize that their thoughts are provoking their feelings, and then the feelings are provoking the behaviors, and that there's this triangle leading back to cognitive behavioral therapy, connecting straight to the brain. Um, that's that that growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So I really do a lot of similar things. Mm-hmm. Let's recognize the feeling. Let's talk about it. Big feelings. They still have them in high school, right? <laughs> right. But trying to get them to pinpoint it, to recognize it, and why are you feeling it? like? What is the thought behind it? So that that's what we can change and try and find. positive perspective reframe it reset their brain and try and go at it at a different angle so that they can be a little bit more resilient and stand by our life skills and lifelong guidelines of you know persevering and and being the best that they can be because if they can change that now and they have the power to realize that that they can choose how they want to view and perceive things that they have that power to change their thoughts to help change their feelings, to control their behaviors, it's powerful. And I've already started to see it working here just with some students, our own students. And I I also kind of believe in a little tough love. Like I will listen all day long, I have open arms, I'll hug you and squeeze you if you want it, but I also think that they need to be in the classroom while they're here. And so I do everything I can in the little time that I have to help them reset their brain so that they can get back in that learning environment so that they can continue to grow their brain Mm -hmm to be the best they can be absolutely Mm
0: -hmm. and one of the things that i know that your background is is in that resilience um and and i know that you've done a lot of work in the past with programs on resilience and and helping kids develop that resilient mindset when you hear that how what like what's i guess your definition of that to say that you're helping a kid become resilient and and to power through that and to figure that out how would you define that for somebody that's listening
2: yeah, going from the elementary level to that magical word of yet, right? I don't yes. know. I'm, I know you talk about it with the kids. It's getting the students and children to believe that a growth mindset will get you a lot farther in life than a fixed mindset. If you sit here and say, Well, I can't do this, I don't understand this, those are all fixed mindsets. If you add that yet, that magical word yet, I can't do this yet, I'm not sure how to do this yet, it just unlocks the possibilities because it's, again, how they perceive it. So trying to get the students to see a growth mindset. This is the obstacle that you're facing. How can we get over it how can we get through it how can we get around it to take a step back rewire their brain reset their mind and just reframe the situation or the statement the thought that they're thinking so that they can overcome those challenges and grow within them so that down the road they recognize like oh if i can get through this i can get through anything because what's what's big to one person might not be to the other but it's big to them in that moment and sometimes all they need is just somebody to listen to them and help them overcome it in that moment
0: and that's one of those that I think too often times, as I've dealt with kids through uh, class and and working in different settings and stuff, of you'll hear kids talk about, well, in the moment I just kind of blacked out, and then usually that's followed by some kind of negative behavior that they did. You know, I, the the excuse is I kind of blacked out, so now you can't punish me for the fight that I was in in the hallway or or whatever. And but I think it's some of that's related to not being able to process those emotions correctly, not thinking about how to be resilient in the moment, how to overcome that negative emotion with something that I can turn this into a positive. And it's not about us saying like, we live in this world that's just perfect and you don't need to be negative. Negative experiences are gonna happen in your life, Absolutely. right? And so it's it's learning how to, in the moment, deal with that. And I love what you were saying of, of go back to, there's a thought that's happening. Because if you can get your brain to process that, like this is the thought that's going through my head right now, then there's less likely of that negative leading to me now doing a negative as well. But I can take that negative and hopefully turn that into something positive and, and create real change or create real uh, experience in the moment. And, and it's like, man, if we can get kids to do that, how powerful is that as they become adults, as they you know, enter into the next phase of, of their life. To say negative, mom- negative things are still going to happen. You're still going to have negative moments, right? But you're going to be equipped to be able to process that negative m- moment and turn it into something that you can use Absolutely. Uh, in a powerful way.
2: That you got to grow through what you go through. That's right. I love
0: that. That's awesome. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work with students to help them excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. We hope you enjoyed part one of an interview with our two guidance counselors here at Clayton Bradley Academy. If you'd like to find out more about our school, you can visit us on our website, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org. You can find us on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope that you have a wonderful day.